Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger syndrome, also called autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome to Aspieland. I'm your host, John Allen, and this is a place of discovery and acceptance. If you're someone with Asperger syndrome or autism spectrum disorder, this podcast is for you. I want to help you understand and function in the neurotypical world. For those of you who are neurotypical, this podcast is for you as well. I want to help you understand and relate to those of us who have Asperger syndrome and autism spectrum disorder. The idea here is to learn about each other by looking at life through each other's eyes. If you're new to this podcast, please know that you're very special, no matter where you come from, and that you're appreciated. This episode is kind of an extension of our last visit together when I talked to you about meltdowns. We're not going to talk about what they are, or how to respond to them. But this time, we're going to help both you who have Asperger syndrome and autism spectrum disorder and those of you who are neurotypical discover how to recognize triggers and help diffuse the bomb, as it were, before it has a chance to do any real damage to you or to others. I want to help you fight that itch to react. And that's why I call this episode, Grab That Itchy Trigger Finger. Now, before we get started, let me first thank each of you for listening. It's my hope that I can help everyone find a better understanding of living with each other in the world that we share. Believe me, it's a privilege to bring you these podcasts. Thank you all once again. Quick reminder. Comments on the podcast are available through the aspieland.org website on the subscription page. In addition, I'd like to ask those of you who've already subscribed, if you would send me an email with the name of the city in which you live. I realize that's an odd request, but it always helps me to know not only who you are, but where you come from. On a technical note, if you use my email, aspieland.org at gmail.com, remember the dot is very important. I've had people tell me that they've sent mail and then had it come back to them that it couldn't be delivered. That's probably because the dots are in the wrong place. Here's the address, aspieland.org at gmail.com. Those dots are real important. All right, enough of that chitter-chatter, Pilgrim. Let's bounce on down and take care of that itchy trigger finger, fella. <laughs> Since you already know about the meltdowns and how combustible they can be, we need to take a good look at what causes them. Not in a general sense, but in a more specific way. Firstly, if you've been listening to my previous podcasts, you may recall me mentioning all the different things that we react to. 
For example, our sensitivities to food, to noise, light, and many other things. Well, these sensitivities, along with the other aspects of our day-to-day -day life, can become triggers for potential meltdowns. Sensitivities by themselves are not bad things, but meltdowns are triggered by sensitivities that have gone too far. It can happen to anyone with Asperger's Syndrome Autism Spectrum Disorder, no matter how old they are. A young child on the spectrum may have little or no ability to sense the trigger coming or connect that heightened sense of tension that can be a possible trigger approaching. But as you get older, it becomes easier to sense the triggers that are occurring. Those of us who are adults can have a pretty good handle on the trigger as it approaches. This makes it possible to actually prevent the meltdown from happening, or at least decrease its intensity. Okay, let's look at a couple of ways to discover our triggers, and then find ways to get ourselves out of a potential meltdown. If I'm having dinner with my family, and the sensory overload starts to rise up, I'll usually get myself out of the conditions that trigger the meltdown before it occurs. For example, I might start collecting and doing the dishes in the kitchen, getting me out of the room where the triggers are. Or I might get my iced tea and, as we used to say, retire to the living room. For those of our listeners that have Asperger's Syndrome and Autism Spectrum Disorder, you may want to try something of that nature to help you deal with your triggers. The trick, of course, is to get in touch with yourself and discover what your triggers are. Now, I'm not suggesting that you put yourself into a situation that causes a meltdown just so you'll discover where your triggers are. No, 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 no. Just try to take an extra second to assess your emotions and see if you're starting to get uncomfortable. Once you discover your triggers, you can learn to find ways to escape the meltdown. For those of you who are neurotypical, try to be cognizant of the ambiance of the venue when you know that there is someone who is on the spectrum in attendance. Now, that doesn't mean you have to turn the lights off or tell everyone to whisper when they talk. No, just make yourself aware of these things. Remember, the last thing someone with Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder wants is to be pointed out. So be subtle and try to let an Aspie blend in without being deliberate about their condition. If you see an Aspie looking anxious or acting erratic, try to very quietly help them out. But again, don't make it obvious to everyone else in the room because that only adds to the overload that they may be dealing with. Keep in mind as well that since those of us with ASASD have a hard time with eye contact, don't try to look into their eyes in order to emphasize that you care. You may mean well, but that kind of nonverbal action doesn't help. Now, those of you who may be parents of a young child on the spectrum, you may need to act differently to get the child's attention. 
So getting them to look you in the eye may indeed be appropriate in that case. Here's another one. Through all of the sensory information that we sift through and all of the emotional roller coaster that we Aspies ride, there is always a special something that relaxes us and helps us discover some calm, some sanity. I call that the sweet spot. For me, it's music. I've had a love affair with music since I was really young. I listen to music all the time, and to this day, I still listen to music, and it relaxes me, and it brings me into a world of emotional and even physical calm. I listen to every kind of music, and each kind can be useful. I especially like music from The Hobbit. I enjoy the sound of the pan flute and the, and the strings. For me, it's very relaxing. Sometimes, I'll listen to a playlist that I created just to help me slow down when the flood of thoughts in my head gets to be too much and sometimes I can't get the brain to stop. This can be so therapeutic for you. Some Aspies enjoy reading, painting, sewing, or just playing solitaire. Whatever it is, find that sweet spot in your life and go retreat to it every so often. Or, better yet, use it in preparation for a special event. If you've got family coming over or relatives coming or something like that, and you know how that might be a situation that might freak you out, what you can do is you can go to your sweet spot ahead of time. You can take any amount of time that you need, be it 20 minutes or a half an hour or even an hour. Whatever it takes, just calmly relax. Then your sensitivities will be lowered and you'll be in better shape for that big event. Another thing you can do is deep breathing. Sit quietly and take in a few real deep breaths and then let them out. And do that several times, slowly. Sometimes that will lower the stress levels and help you be prepared. Those of you who are a bit older, both Aspies and neurotypicals alike, can remember when there was no internet. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, but it is true. If you wanted to get information, you did one of three things. One, you bought a newspaper. Two, you watched the news. And by the way, there was no cable either. So it was just ABC, NBC, and CBS. Or three, you listen to the radio. Well, today, it's a whole different world. A connected world. We're becoming used to the idea of getting your information instantly through the web. Now, everyone that I know, including me, has a smartphone which allows you to access things from anywhere in the world right at your fingertips. And I do mean literally, right at your fingertips. The flow of information through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and others is overwhelming. And most of that information is negative. I don't like what this one is doing. Or have you heard about what this group is doing? You know what they're really doing? Ah! It can just be too much. For those of us with Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder, 
This can be a real problem without our even realizing it. Since we're already processing everything around us, remember, you neurotypicals, we lack the filters that you already have. So that adding the barrage of information hitting us from Facebook and Twitter alone can put us at a higher stress level. High enough that it wouldn't take much to send us over the sensory edge. Having said that, it's important that we rid ourselves of distraction and too much information that, to be honest, you don't really need in the first place. You don't need all of that arguing and angst. Now, I've chosen to have Facebook only for the podcast. That's it. No Twitter, no Instagram, no chats, nothing else. I also do not watch TV news because I'm trying to eliminate the noise. Remove yourself from the unnecessary information and give your brain a rest from all that, because we have enough of that to be concerned with, don't we? Here's another suggestion. For most of us with Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder, we've learned to adjust to the everyday. We can tolerate, for the most part, the usual and the routine, it's usually when we do things that are new or things that are not a part of everyday life that we begin to bump that level of sensory stress into higher levels. So that if you have, for example, a get-together with family, like I've mentioned before, or perhaps visiting with new people, you'll need to keep your sense and your emotions in check. Now, that doesn't mean that you squash every new sense or emotion into the turf. It simply means to be aware of your emotional and sensory levels as you go. When you feel the tension rising, or your emotions getting carried away, or clenching your teeth and all that, now, I tend to clench my teeth, and when I can feel myself doing that, I know I'm heading into an area I don't want to be in. And that's the time to act and find a subtle way, let me repeat that, a subtle way to get yourself into a calmer mental and emotional place. Now you can do that by any means that is safe and that you work out for yourself. There is no one-size-fits-all formula for this. You can find a way to make it work where you're not drawing attention to yourself. It may take a bit of time to learn the signals of triggers, but it can really help you. Okay, what if you're still having trouble? Well, if you find yourself having more trouble controlling your triggers than you bargained for, you may want to find some help through people you trust implicitly. And I emphasize the word implicitly. A very close friend, which can be a rare commodity these days, can be a real place for working out your triggers in that itchy trigger finger we all have. If by chance you are married, your spouse may be the perfect helper in your search for better control. For those of you who are neurotypical, and you're asked by someone who has Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder to help them out, be a great friend. That's all it takes. Try not to give them a solution by saying something like, if it were me, I would do this, or 
If I were in your shoes, I'd do this. No, 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 no. Don't try to fix the problem for them. Remember that you are neurotypical, not neurodiverse like someone with ASASD. So any solution that you may offer, which may sound great to you, really may not work because you can't be one of us. So don't try. Don't try to use your fixes because they're neurotypical fixes. Just be a great listener and help guide your friend or partner to a place where they can work their way through this in their own minds. Another way for my fellow Aspies to get help is to consult with a professional. If you have a psychiatrist or a psychologist already, then you should feel free to get in touch with them. If not, you may want to find a good psychiatrist or psychologist. They can help you sort things out because they have far more expertise in helping with these kinds of difficulties. There are many organizations that specialize in our condition, and I would suggest that you check those out. See which organization has a person who seems like a good fit, and be careful to specify that you have Asperger's Syndrome and Autism Spectrum Disorder, which will help them find just the right professional to work with. There are a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists specialists out there, and not all of them deal with our condition. For those of you who live across the pond in Great Britain or surrounding countries, there's a wider field of available specialists for our condition, so your search may go a bit quicker. Remember, it's all about finding ways to discover your triggers so that you can find a solution to that itchy trigger finger. <laughs> Remember, my Aspie friends, that no matter what methods you may use, I'm certain that you can work out these things and make new experiences into fun experiences. And for my neurotypical friends, I hope that you can see that as you help those of us with Asperger's Syndrome and Autism Spectrum Disorder, you're helping bridge the gap of understanding and helping make a better world. Whew, wow. We sure have covered a lot of information quickly. And I'm sorry to say, but our time is running out. Remember, please visit the Aspieland website. Just go to aspieland.org. Don't use the www at the beginning. There you can subscribe to Aspieland. It'll put you on the mailing list, but I won't sell you anything. I'll just send you a note to let you know when my next podcast is coming and when it's running. I would also ask that you would donate to the work here for both the website and the podcast. That's on the donate page, and that'll help keep our visits going. Stay safe, and so long for now. We'll visit again next time in Aspieland. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.